3: I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start
2: To live your truth See his life.
4: Welcome back to the Truthiest Life. Hope you're all having a great week. The sun is shining where I am, so that is putting me in a real good mood. This week, I put out a bonus episode. So if you missed that, I have a solo episode which is all about how I kind of deal with having a partner who works crazy work hours. So if you're somebody who is the partner or has a partner that works a lot and you don't get to see that partner a lot, I shared my top tips for navigating that. That I heard that that episode was really helpful. So So thanks for the feedback. And if you missed it, just want to let you know it's right before this one came out in the beginning of this week. So it might not have been in your normal Friday queue. This episode is with my friend Beck Donlin. She's Australian. She's awesome, but uh, she does have a thick Australian accent. So you might need to listen with a little bit more of intent. I personally can understand her perfectly, but I know that sometimes the accent can be a little bit difficult if you're not used to it. And so I just wanted to kind of let you know first of all, that's where she's from. And you might need to listen to it a little bit more slowly or rewind if you miss a word that she says. She's talking about about breast plant illness, which you may or may not have heard of, and why she decided to remove her breast implants and get explant surgery. This was obviously not an easy decision. Having surgery in any capacity is not an easy decision, but I think it's really interesting to hear her story about how she really had to listen to her own body, her instincts, and go searching for information that wasn't readily available and how her body image actually has changed as a result of taking them out, but only because she went through the journey of having them put in. Like every other episode, I don't come here with an agenda to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. My goal is to give a platform to my guests who have something important to share. And this, I think, is really important. And that doesn't mean that no one should get breast implants or your breast implants have caused breast plant illness or you have a family member that perhaps, you know, has this. It's important not to jump to those conclusions, but it is important to have the information that isn't readily available. Expanding that out a little bit further into the topic of plastic surgery or cosmetic changes, I'm of the mindset of you really got to do you. And as long as you're coming from a place where you check yourself and you know that whatever choices you're making are in the best interest for you then I support that. And I know that might not be what many of you expect as I come from, you know, I really preach a body acceptance message, but I think there's nuance to that. And I know from my own personal experience, I don't know what my choices would be later in life, but I know from my own personal cosmetic changes that the things that I have done have really saved me a lot of headache. And if this makes any sense, made me feel more like myself than uh, before. So that's speaking particularly to having breast implants myself, got them at a very young age. Again, I don't know if I didn't get them where I'd be in this moment with my body image, or if I would have come to just like, accept that I have, you know, nothing there, but having been on this journey so far and not having any negative symptoms from it, I really do feel like they've been a positive. That's where I speak so far. And I'm only telling that little anecdotal story just to really reiterate that I don't have a motive against you or anyone having breast implants. I think it's a personal choice, as are so many of the choices that we make for our bodies. But I think that it's worth having a conversation and most importantly, not taking these decisions lightly, understanding the risks to our health, both physical and mental, and really getting all the information before we make big changes. Because a lot of times we just kind of chalk up surgery or any cosmetic changes to being no big deal, but every single one of them is a big deal. Does not mean you can't do them or you shouldn't do them or there's anything wrong with them. But I do believe that having all that information at hand, looking at it, analyzing it, reflecting with yourself really is key. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Beck and I'll see you all here next week. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. It's your host, Lisa Haim, and today I'm joined by a very old friend who you're just going to adore, Beck Donlan. So welcome, Beck.
0: Hi. It's my absolute pleasure, you gorgeous thing. I feel like it's been so long since we've spoken. I'm very excited about today.
4: So as everyone can hear, Beck is Australian, living in New York City. We met actually randomly at an event. No, do you know how we met? we a met fitness event.
0: a fitness event but I didn't meet you at the fitness event we were in groups next to each other at the fitness event doing this SBC and you were mm-hmm. like wait you're that girl that you're that group next to me that we were dancing around being stupid I'm like yep that was absolutely me in in the DM <laughs> that's how we met and then we met in real life
4: <laughs> <laughs> well I remembered you from that event because I was like who's this girl exactly. she's really cool <laughs> I want to be her friend. Anyway, Mm -hmm. okay, so you're clearly a really cool Australian living in New York City. So my first question is, why move to the U.S.?
0: I get this question a lot. Um, My move to America story is quite epic, but I will try and keep it really short. When I was, what it would have been 10 years ago, me and my girlfriends were all working the door of a nightclub and we were like, let's save up all our money and roll a blade around Venice Beach. Let's like quit work for three months and we'll do the Australian thing and we'll go to America. So we worked our asses off, saved all our money and plan this incredible vacation and we did not roll the load once around Venice Beach but we had the most r- ridiculous trip around America and as soon as I got to America I'm just like so ever since I was a kid as well backstory I like I would write my like you know you do kind of time capsule when you're five years old and then you're eight years old my mom sent them to me last Christmas and I like i couldn't believe it it was like i was such a manifesto at a like minuscule age like it was hilarious and like in you know, like one day i will live in america and that was when i was five years old and when i was eight years old the same thing again i've just always been obsessed with like you know the idea of like la hollywood good the glamour loved movies loved everything to do with like the american dream type thing which is not real america and we know that so then when i finally got to america on my vacation everything just felt at home I I remember like walking into a Whole Foods and like losing my shit, just being like, you have so many healthy options. We don't have this in Australia. This is crazy. Walking into an Urban Outfitters being like, like, I looked my girlfriend in the eye and I'm like, one day, mark my words, I will have a product in here. And like things like this, I was just so obsessed with everything America and everything just seemed really easy and great and just meant to be for me. I was also, I think I was 25 at the time when I went. So I was kind of like, I'd spent my whole life in Australia. I feel like I'd really kind of clothed it. Like everything got to the point where I'm like, I knew everybody. Everything was really easy. I really needed a challenge. And so then I kept on extending my trip and extending my trip. I did all of California. I did Miami, Bahamas, Cuba, everything. And then back to LA. And then my friend was dropping me off at the airport. So I was like, okay, I've been gone for four months. Now I kind of have it I have to go back. And I was sobbing out of control in the car. And he's like, What the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just don't want to go back. I feel so at home here. And he's like, just apply for the green card lottery. It's so easy. It's fifty dollars and like, you know, you'll find out like in like okay, october and i'm like that sounds fake but okay cool i'll do it so then i applied for the green card lottery every night for the next nine months i'd wake up in an absolute panic so the time difference in australia is usually somewhere between 14 or 17 hours depending on the time of year so i wake up in the middle of the night in an absolute panic because it was released at 9 a.m in america every time mm-hmm. like so would be like what the time like waking up and checking my phone frantically you know like oh my god have i won have i won And literally every single night I would do this. And then like, yeah, nine months later, check my phone and I'd won. So that's how I won the Green Card Lottery.
4: It's just so interesting because everything that you, how you just described America is how I feel about Australia. I've only been there once. I know. But I, the healthy foods and like, not like healthy food products, just like your menu items, your cafes. And this was a long time ago too. So it was like, you know, way before things were even oh, like trendy.
0: We, yeah, we do brekkie better than anybody in the world. Right. That's for sure. Brekkie. We are like, brekkie is it. So that's the other thing. And remember though, I've lived, where am I living? I'm living in New York or I've had done a lot of time in LA. I'm only going to those two cities. So that's not really, right
1: true America
4: but it's just funny that you had that like this America with the healthy food and the urban outfitters where like I went to Australia and I was like these are the coolest shops and the coolest foods although you guys are dead wrong on the Vegemite thing but
0: I would beg to differ but okay <laughs> but,
4: you know what so if anyone listening, Vegemite is this substance that they put on toast. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. And I remember thinking it was utterly disgusting and so salty, but my taste buds have evolved. So I'd be willing to try Vegemite one more time.
0: If you're going to go down that route again, maybe I'll even come over and I'll, introduce, I'll be that person for you. Um, yes. There's different ways you've got to eat it. So I used to love having Vegemite and avocado on toast. Right. Mm. Because the avocado kind of like canceled out yeah. the really saltiness of it. And it was delicious. As a child, I was not normal. Um, and one of my snacks I would use, used to love was getting a walnut and dipping it in Vegemite and then dipping it in honey. I don't know mm. how this makes sense. So it was delicious, but it was great. <laughs> so
4: I like the advanced flavor combos of the young. Beck. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Really, really technical.
4: <laughs> so uh, before we get into why I wanted to have you on here, which audience you'll learn, Beck underwent explant surgery over a year ago, which is breast booby removals, fake booby removals. Yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna call it by its professional name. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> before we get into the fake booby removal surgery, um, and I'm very silly around. Beck because I'm very comfortable around (laughs) her you know this past year Beck is a fitness trainer and so much more than that but I'm curious how the last year has really shaped business as well as your thoughts on being a New Yorker versus, you know, just getting the hell out and going home.
0: Yeah, exactly. Before we get to the
4: (laughs) before we talk about the surgery, really, how has business been for you? I mean, I assume for a while you weren't training business was different.
0: I have always done travel fitness stuff. Right. So because a lot of my clients would travel a lot, so would I. And so that's why I made my product. So that to start off with when quarantine first hit, it was great because everyone needed home workout equipment. No one had all the big companies didn't have anything. So that was really good for me. So that was great.
4: Sorry to interrupt, but I do have to say I have Sweat With Beck booty bands from five years ago. Five years ago, literally. (laughs) Yeah. No, but they're still fantastic. And you made a great freaking product (laughs) that was not made cheaply. And I absolutely love those booty bands. So I know you have other yeah, products is. too, but I have to say fantastic booty bands. I'm still raving about them.
0: I appreciate that so much. That means a lot. No, because it's. I think I've always been someone that if you're going to do something, you've got to do it right. I can't like take shortcuts because at the end of the day, it's like you're putting your brand out into the world. you got to put your name on a good product. So yeah, the last year, it's been really good. I think for me, because I had my surgery and I know we'll get into all that, but it just kind of makes it a bit more understanding. I had my surgery in January last year. So coming into the pandemic in in March was actually the biggest blessing in the world for me because I remember two weeks before the pandemic hit, I called my mom in Australia and I was like, "Um, now I know I sound crazy, but I'm I'm okay. I promise I'm okay. But... I think I'm going to sublet my apartment and I'm going to move to Paris just for like two months. I was like, you don't know anybody there. and I'm like, I know, that's the whole point. And she's like, you can't really speak French. I'm like, I know, that's exactly it. And she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, to be honest, I wanted an excuse to not have to go to three events every night, to not have to dress up. I just want to be able to wear sweats. I need to relearn my body and who I am. And I'm just, I don't know who I am. And I'm really... Mm. I need to remove myself from everything and just I need to become the fitness girl again. But I don't feel like that because I've been so sick for so long. I was in such a not bad headspace, but I just felt like I just didn't belong. And I didn't know what was going on. And I was really in this struggling headspace. So... For me, it was kind of like then two weeks later, the pandemic hit. I'm like, yo, did my wishes get answered? This is wild because now I can wear sweats every day. I don't have to go to a fucking event. I don't have to deal with people. I can kind of just work on me. So for me, it was actually really nice. I liked having time alone to start off with, but I also liked that I can get very into New York lifestyle a little bit too much, meaning I am that typical like workaholic thing where it's like, you know, when I feel like pre-pandemic it was kind of glamorous to be like, you know, who's doing the most all the time and it's like, you know, the, mm. the, the busy competition and it's like that is such a bad, toxic way to live your life and I think we all get sucked into it really easily in New York because it is you're competitively working like with yourself, it doesn't even have to be among coworkers. And I think for me, that whole never not working attitude, I just got to the point where I would just run myself down into the ground and live with this constant adrenal fatigue and stress where I'm on the edge all the time. So for me, the pandemic and being at home and being away from everything and having a forced reason to shut down made me realize what was important again because I think I lost sight of that a lot and how it is your health comes over absolutely everything like it always should. But also like setting those boundaries for yourself is super important. Not getting sucked into, you know, the hype of the world in New York because it can be a lot. And I think those things have been, that was really important for me in the
4: Four months definitely, yeah. All these things about you like, I usually gravitate away from intense people, but there's a group of people that are intense that I'm attracted to, and you have the intensity that I'm attracted to. And it's obvious, like, you're authentic to who you are, it's not overbearing energy that pushes you away. It like pulls you in. You want to know more. That's why I, I think I slid into your DMS after I saw you at an event yeah. or, you know, whatever. And you do everything with integrity talking about these booty bands. Five years ago, you could have came out with a crappy product that I forgot about that. You know, I never would have said, Oh, that came out with a crappy product, but the opposite kind of happened where I'm like, wow, this, it, it really is a testament to everything that you do. You do full-on and as a result as as positive as that can be it obviously you know wore you out as well I feel like whenever your birthday comes up like there's on social media you hype it up and I get hyped for you and I like that is it does it have to do with your sign is this your sign like does this all relate to you I I think you're a Leo
0: right I am the most textbook Leo you could ever ever like every Leo meme I'm like oh yeah that's me yeah that's me like it's like to the point what is your birthday? I'm August 22nd, and my friends in Australia used to laugh, being like, "Beck, it's like your birthday. You think it's like an Indian wedding because it has to go on for an entire week, and it's like... Every year, you just have to do more uh, and do more and do more. I, f- and do more. I feel like, and it's, the like-
4: mo- it's the month that like we're already gearing up for your birthday. And I'm not even in her close circle. I'm just you know, <laughs> the periphery on social media. But I try and turn my birthday into a wedding, and it just falls flat every year. So you've
0: got the execution plan down. But the reason why is because I realized Like, I love birthdays. I really love birthdays. Not like, oh my God, it's my birthday. I love any excuse to bring people together. Like, I, I love hyping people up. Like, these are just my favorite things. But I did realize that no one will ever do what I do for them for their birthdays, like for me. And that's okay because my way, my coping mechanism for that is because it will never be reciprocated because people think I'm crazy with how much I love birthdays. So instead I'm like, that's okay. I will throw myself an amazing party every single right. year. I will plan, I will curate, I will make sure I bring as many good vibes, fun people together. I give people an excuse to whether it's like a theme party or this or that. Like last year, no, the year before last, was like, Denim and Diamonds name. It was like Britney and Justin nineties. I
4: always want to be invited, but I'm excited to watch. You are them never afar. here.
0: You are never here. <laughs> I mean, oh luckily, yeah. I... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comes um, away. I'm like you weren't living here at the time <laughs> I think for me it's like bringing people together and having an excuse to hype people up it's really great I love event planning I always laugh, being like well I'm probably never gonna get married so this will be my equivalent and I say that literally every year so it's like it's like kind of like this is just my equivalent so it's like oh well, here we go this is the party
4: well my baby is supposed to be a Leo and I'm the guest so excited day.
0: For you. that's that's a blessing you have no this idea this baby has
4: this baby has your energy cuz I am getting kicked and punched every second now and it's only 20 <laughs> weeks so it oh just feels God. like an inner a little beck is in there pretty much
0: I have to say that Leo energy there's something about it because they are we we love so hard you are like really like we're so intense with our feelings I mean we'll refuse to admit it but at the same time it's like I take friendships also really seriously like I think Americans think I'm crazy sometimes um for me like my friends and my family if you're in my circle you are you are my people on my ride or die. I don't have half ass friends. And so it's kind of like, that's just something I bring through to everything. So I think, yeah, your little Leo is going to be the best. I love that. I'm very happy for you.
4: <laughs> I hope that this baby has a little bit of backfire. I'll definitely take that. The reason I wanted to, well, one of the reasons that I wanted to have mm. you on here was because it's been over a year since you had explant surgery And Mm -hmm. I know you did a lot of press around this that, you know, people just wanted to hear your story and it really opened my eyes. So I too have the fake boobies. I've had them since I was 18 and a different situation. I don't think I had the same type and I've never experienced negative symptoms, but nonetheless, I'm just shaping that to kind of just say like, this is not pro or against plastic surgery, you do you. I believe everybody Look, needs to make their own choices. And
0: that's and that's exactly it. And I think that's something I need to make really super clear with everybody. I am not against the aesthetic world. I love the aesthetic world. We know I love that world. Okay. I love every procedure, this, that, facial, whatever. This is like, it's like a hobby for me. If I had another career, it would be in that world. I love it. <laughs> but I will say, I'm not disca- trying to discourage any. From I'm getting implants or anything like that. But I found it so shocking, not only having it, I guess, happened to me, but also being gaslighted by every single doctor and literally thinking I'm going crazy. Like, actually thought for it, I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's going on. And just the unknown. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. It was a really hard time. It was really kind of, it was just like nothing I would have expected. But also I didn't know and I had no idea that any of that could have been related to my implant.
4: Pre-explant surgery, which I guess let's just define what is explant surgery.
0: Okay. So basically when you get breast implants put in, that's you're getting implants. Okay. Explant is when they're taking the implant out. So (laughs) it's hard to find people that will explant you number one there's a lot of gray area around this whole topic so I got my implants like 12 years ago now I was 23 at the time, and basically I was born with pectus excavatum so my chest sinks in in the middle so my rib cage dips in like you know like a concave chest my brother has it as well he got the operation to push his chest out which was a super barbaric operation where they put a steel rod in your chest and they pop your chest out And then you've got to live with the bar in your chest for four years. I was like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm not doing that.
4: Explant surgery is when they take the boobs out. Your story involves something genetic. Well, it begins. The reason you got implants was because you had a deformity of some sort in the middle of your chest that would make both a male and a female insecure. Clearly, if your brother went through with this intense surgery. But for a woman, it could be made less obvious if you just put boobs in.
0: So that's why I got them put in so that I was fine didn't similar to you didn't have an absolute symptom at all I was great until the last two years so like I guess nine years into it Um, and then I had all these like mysterious illnesses pop up and everything like that I had no idea what was wrong with me so I gained I think like 15 pounds like and as a fitness instructor and someone that's always been super fit still doing the same level of exercise still eating just as healthy still doing everything exactly the same except for being a little bit stressed, that's also just like a bit of a head bug because you're like, I do this for a living. I don't look fit anymore. And I remember like getting a massage, like going getting a lymphatic massage. And the lady didn't know me. And she was like, Oh, have you thought about, I don't know, like not eating fried food and like working out. And I'm like, okay, some- something's wrong. Like I don't understand like this is my job. And I, people don't even recognize me as a fitness person anymore. And it was just like a lot of things like that. Then I ended up started seeing all these doctors they kept on getting getting all these like mystery illnesses like I'd be left like numb down my left side all the time <laughs> and I'm like I can't feel these last three fingers what's going on my eyes I would wake up they'd be bright red they'd be yellow they'd be like never white never white I got all my blood work done and everything like that I didn't have any enzymes left in my liver to break down my food my gallbladder was a mess turned out I have Hashimoto's I've got Sjogren's syndrome so Hashimoto's is like obviously a thyroid that's why I was gaining all the weight. But also, like, my chronic fatigue and brain fog was so bad that I couldn't remember my name, let alone, like, most of a class when I was teaching. That's why everyone became babe, because it's easy. Like, it was literally like it got to a point where I was just like a shell of a human. Um, I remember my roommate at the time was just like, I'm really worried. Like, it was like three days where I didn't get out of bed. And usually I'm like an energized bunny, like, so all these things I'm like, I don't know what is going on. I don't know who I am. What the hell. I realized I've got all these autoimmune issues and everything like that. I'm trying to work through that I'm on the right meds. I'm doing this and doing every little thing. So I'm really beginning to like you know, that I'm a bit of a human guinea pig when I can be, Um, I will do anything. I will document it all because I just find it very interesting. So like, whether it's like cryotherapy, red bed therapy, IVs, like, you know, daily um, peptide shots, this, that I've literally done it all. And I was doing the most and nothing was helping. I felt like I was just treading water and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't ever even hear of breast implant illness so breast implant illness is not medically recognized they refuse to understand they just won't medically recognize it so no doctor will tell you about it they went the route of like maybe you've just got depression maybe you've got Lyme disease and I'm like well I've been tested for these things and no and I know I don't have depression this is something else it's not my control and so I guess I got to this stage where I was just super helpless I was seeing everything possible and then one of my friends of friends is like hey listen to this podcast it's really interesting um this girl has breast and fine illness and I'm like yeah we all know that's fake like rolling my eyes and this chick was pretty similar to me which was scary number one I'm like wow that's weird and then listening to her talk and how she just, I'm like wow this is wild and then she starts listing her symptoms and I think she listed like 35 different things and literally every single one I'm like oh yep check 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 after she ended up doing that I was just like I remember it was like, I was like sobbing in my living room and I'm like fuck I've got to, I've got to get rid of them I can't do this I've really got to look into it it was that moment when I really realized like yeah I think this is a thing and then the more I deep dived I think the hard thing is it all like personal investigation because no one will give you information about it so it's all mm. like you know you just have to you just have to just go to the end of your life and listen like look up as much information as you can which is rough yeah
4: you have to trust your gut too that you're making like the right choices because you're not going to have a doctor or a variety of doctors saying yes this is the right thing for you
3: rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right Head over to columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal.
1: Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash. With GetMy750.com, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com. Or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's getmy750.com. Getmy750.com.
4: So it felt like you were dying. Like you listed 35 plus symptoms from not having enzymes to break down food properly to Um, drastic weight gain to you became unrecognizable to yourself. At least I never felt this way, but I'm just, you know, repeating things that you've said. But but you looked in the mirror, didn't understand you're just at a loss of how to best care for yourself as somebody who cares for themselves as a living. Also, you know, you have a sexy, hot vibe. That's like who you are. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm sick. I'm not well, but take even the look away. You did you think you were dying at some? 1 point. No, I
0: did. My roommate's like, "Do you have leukemia or do you have something like that?" because it was like it was that extreme and it was right. that and that was like a real moment where I'm like, I'm really worried. Also can't tell my family about it obviously because I feel so bad that they're so far away and I know my parents would be like that's it we're coming over right now and I'm like no absolutely not just let Mm -hmm. me deal with this because I'm I'm someone that I won't want to panic anybody ever I remember looking in the mirror one day and I'm like I've gone from like looking like myself to now all of a sudden I look like a Kardashian by accident but not in a good way I'm just (laughs) like I'm just so inflamed and so big, and I remember having a photo shoot in like November around that time, and I'm like, I don't know this girl. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I got onto a really good um, biohacking doctor, actually, um, Dr. Pulpin. He's based in New York.
4: Could you say the name again? People are gonna want to know it, doctor.
0: Yeah. His name's Dr. Paulson. He's based in New York, but he also does a lot of telemed as well. And he does a really good mix of like actual medicine, scientifically proven, like real doctor stuff, as long with like biohacking, a little bit woo-woo, but not crazy. Everything's scientifically proven that he does, which is important. And he was someone that's like, look, I really think that you might have breasted implant on this. It sounds like they have got all the markers. Like you know, I'm the one that did your blood work. It's not looking great. It's like you need to do something at this point. I went to Oman with the W Hotel at the time because I was like traveling like crazy doing all the hotel work. And then I ended up coming back and from Oman I got typhoid. Great. <laughs> Which was horrific, by the way, like absolutely Yeah, awful. I don't want it no you don't you really don't um and so get yeah, typhoid whatever I finally recover from typhoid five days in bed absolutely awful and I woke up the next morning and I'm like yo one of my boobs is twice the size of the other what the hell is going on <laughs> literally like I'm talking I've got like my- a porn star boob on one side and like my normal boob on the other. I'm like, what is going on? This is Was it like drop.
4: one one got bigger or one deflated? One got twice the size,
0: which mm-hmm. is even more Scared. concerning, I think, than deflating. Because mm-hmm. deflating, you're like, I know what happened. This makes sense. Yeah. No, no, this doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. So I remember going to the ER. So this has actually happened to me. I didn't realize how often, but it happened every three years. I got my boobs in. I didn't know that. One
4: breast was enlarged out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. crazy inflammation for no reason. And every time I go to the ER, so I did that this time, went to the ER, and they're like, Well, well, maybe it's eruption. Maybe this has happened. And I'm like, well, let's find out, shall we? And then we're doing running all these tests. I think I was in the ER in like the horrible waiting area for like literally 26 hours. Like it was a nightmare. And basically the doctors couldn't give me any answers and I'm like why is this happening also why is this happened every three years like I need to know this is not normal so what's going on and they're like I don't know Beck it'll go away it's fine and I'm like well because also my implant had been recalled okay so my implant was the textured biocell implant that was giving I think it was like it's a very low percentage but it was giving causing people um a rare case of like lymphoma so I was also paranoid about that at the same time and so so that happened around the same like time as all this. So that was in the news. And I'm like, wait, I have those implants. Oh, my God. It's this, it's that. Maybe I've got lymphoma. That's maybe why I feel so bad. I don't know. The doctors literally, I mean, they, uh, they think I'm crazy. And it's like, you, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You're healthy. You're young. I'm not doing your blood work. You're too young. And I'm like, do my blood work. I don't care. Do everything. All these tests later, and I'm that crazy girl in the ER after 28 hours screaming and crying at the doctor's, like a psychopath. And then he's just like, look, I go, what, okay, well, tell me about rest of the illness. And he goes, wait, we're not allowed to talk about that. And I go, why not? And he goes, because it's not real. And I go, that is, that's not true. And, then the, and the next minute I'm like screaming at this doctor, like crying because I'm just so frustrated. I'm just like, feel like I'm fucking crazy. And I'm just like, look, if I was your daughter, what would you do? And I'm like, no, be honest with me. I go, look me in the eye and they go, tell me, if I was your daughter right now, what would you do? And he's like, I'd get them taken out tomorrow. And then he just walked away. And I'm just like, the fuck is wrong with people? And so that just upset me even more because I'm like, I'm literally like, I don't even know what to do. This is so bad. So then I was on the hunt to find a surgeon. I think I went through like five or so before I found one that would actually agree to do it because a lot of people in the plastic surgery world don't want to leave you looking worse than when you came in. And I remember one guy is like, you've got a, a Sports Illustrated body and you're going to look terrible. I'm not doing it. And it's just like, so the whole time you're talking to these doctors, I'm going with my gut instinct and my internet research. That's all I've got. That's all I've mm. got. And so it's yeah. like I don't have anybody in my corner. I don't have anybody to be like, oh no, this is the this is definitely going to work. So even the surgeon I ended up choosing, who was great, who's like, well. Did I was gonna do anything? But I'll take them out. Yeah, no problem. I'm like, okay, great.
4: (laughs) So it's just like that. That was the promise. The promise was I'll take them out. But that's all I got for you. You just got someone to agree to take them out, but not somebody that said, "Yeah, I do this all the time. Women feel better. This is the cause." Yep, interesting. Absolutely.
0: And the other thing is when they take them out. So there's a lot of like, especially on that big Facebook group about um, explanting. And I'm only mentioning this because this really helped me. So mm-hmm. everyone says that you need to take out the capsule right you need to have an end block procedure it has to be an end block procedure if you don't have an end block procedure you're still going to react to the, the the film of the breast implant in your breast tissue and you're going to be sick for the rest of your time oh my god if you don't feel good when you got them taken out because you didn't get an end block that's why that's why okay, so just, just is- to
4: be clear you could dissolve them or take out the capsule are those the two options
0: no. So basically, when you get an implant put in, your body creates a capsule around it. Oh. And it's, a scar, it's a scar tissue capsule, right? So your body, your body, your own body does it to any foreign mm. object, right? So mm-hmm. basically, your body kind of like swallows that up in a good way and it does this really thick, like scar tissuey layer, and they call it mm-hmm. the capsule. And that's to protect your body from the implant right okay it's like a self thing we do so you've got this capsule around your implant Mm -hmm. if you take out the implant right you basically you cut open the capsule the implant pops out super easy you're done you seal it back up if you take out the capsule which is an end block procedure right you're taking out the entire capsule which is kind of horrific to be honest the
4: scar tissue
0: yeah which also attaches to your own breast tissue your own Mm. muscles your own Mm. bone walls and things like that so sometimes an in-block procedure can't be done safely right so if you're taking out your capsule right, which is definitely advised and you should because there is film on the inside of the capsule from the implant, then basically you're taking that out and it's fine and it's an easy one, great. If you're taking it out and you're really good at a surgeon that's it's like, no, I've got to get every little last bit of it out, that means they are bone chipping, they're taking out your breast tissue, they're actually going to cause more harm than good by taking it all out. So this guy, which I will say, I respected him so much for, he was like, look, we're not going to call it an end block procedure because I'm not taking everything out, but we will be doing a capsulectomy, meaning I'm taking as much as the capsule out that's safe. But if I'm say leaving four or 5% in to save you from being like not healing for the next three years, then we're going to do that. And I'm like, absolutely. But Every doctor that they've recommended on this breast implant website, you know, breast explant removal website thing, they've got to be certified and like approved and an end block and this and that. And seeing some of the videos of like the things they take out, it's like they're literally just taking out your chest wall. Like it's like, it's to the point where it's a little bit barbaric and it's not necessarily safer or healthier. It's just to say they did it. And that's kind of sad.
4: Okay. Wow. That is so much more extreme than I thought. I thought this was just you grab the the bag of whatever it's made out of and you get out. But this is really much more if you understand that breast implant illness has made its way into your tissues and therefore you need to kind of get to the, for like the infected area for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah. Or like the toxic overload in your system at the same time. So, you know, like those like the filament, um, like the silicon, is like, that is what some people react to. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. if that's plastered all around, like, like you need to take as much of it out as possible. So did a lot of research, that's for sure. Basically, Dr. Donlan now. Um, so, yeah, so I finally found a guy like, that was really good, whatever. Had the procedure done, I think going up to it, it was just a very weird, surreal feeling. There is no way you can prepare yourself for something like that. I don't think. One of the reasons I made it really public is because it was so hard to find someone I could relate to that had had this done, and I knew that if I found me on the internet, I would have done it a lot sooner. Because it's just, I needed to find that person that I clicked with that I that had a similar experience to me. I also made it public as well because I, it was like a mental health thing on my side because it's obviously like. A very big difference visually. And it's like, well, I can't just wake up one day and not have tits. So I've got to talk about it. And I think that was really good because making it, I am a very, as you said, like I do keep things very authentic to a fault sometimes. I'm very transparent, too transparent. For me, if I'm super authentic and transparent with everything, then no one can come after me for anything because I'm right. no. the most honest. And it's like honest to a fault. But at the same time, I prefer to have that then being caught and trying to live a life because I'm not good at it I'm really not like I just have to put it all out there
4: did you physically feel better immediately
0: no not at all I felt worse so that was a really big headbutt
4: days weeks months what are we talking here like three months. So that must've been yeah. like, okay, fuck. I just got rid of my boobs. And
0: it was really bad. So I remember the first two weeks after I got, this, I got it done in LA, the first two weeks I felt amazing. Okay. This is great. Oh my God. Thank God I did this. This is the best. You know, I look like Halloween. Absolutely. But that's okay. That's fine. I'm getting, this is great. I need this. This is good for me. I'm, I'm really going to feel good. I got back to New York and it's almost like everything just like my whole life just fucking imploded. I don't know what happened. And it was like, I just remember sobbing on my living room, going like, I, lo- I don't know who I am. I don't feel any better. Every two seconds I'm being asked by someone, oh, my God, do you feel so much better? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, no, of course I fucking don't. But I can't admit that because I, do- I don't, I-, I can't say that I've done this and it's a fuck for nothing. And so it was just such a head fuck because I'm like, I don't even know what, what the hell's going on. But when you've gone through something like that, like when they say like healing's a journey, like I'd always like roll my eyes and be like, okay, whatever. But I actually really understand that now because healing really is a journey, meaning it takes a really fucking long time, but it's also one of those things you've just got to trust the system, trust your gut. Like you, you did it for a reason, number one, but it's also like, I remember it's like straight away, like my numbness went, okay, that was great. Awesome. But what did I solve chronic fatigue? Yes. I know all, all my autoimmune things were tenfold. Why? Because as I was doing things to detox my system, so I was, I was doing everything possible. I was infrared saunas, this, that, like everything. I was probably doing too much. And so that's why the pandemic was really good as well, because I couldn't go get all my therapies and services every two seconds. So my friends were laughing, saying I was living the hell life of a Beverly Hills housewife, just going, getting like facials and saunas and this and that, because I'm like, I'll just do everything to detox all the time. But I think I was detoxing too hard. And so when you detox really hard, all your symptoms are like blown way out of proportion and they're even worse because you've got to get worse before they get better so that three months was really me getting it all out of my system getting worse I think I remember I hit the three month mark and I was like okay I think I'm starting to feel okay I think I'm, I'm feeling good about the decision like this is great whatever I'm so much happier I also think I just like my inflammation was going down like crazy and I think that was, was huge like I had like 10 chins I didn't know what was like I lost my jawline from I was just so inflamed like I would like wake up every morning like I looked like a puff of fish all the time I was in a constant state of a Hashimoto's flare so my body was just always so inflamed and so on edge and uh, then I think when I hit the six month mark that was when all of a sudden I'm like oh my god it was like a flick of a switch and I'm like wait I hadn't felt like that in like oh, like eight years you know what I mean? And it's just like my, my level of normal was just not normal. Cause I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what felt good. I like, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I feel great today. Cause I'm, I'm someone that no matter what, I will be positive regardless. Like my, my apartment, be I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, no, but it's great. Cause that means I mean, they get a new home. Like I literally, because I think learning over the years I've had we've all had our things go on, but I think throughout everything it's like learning perspective is just so important and it's so grounding and it's so nice in a way and I think even like the whole experience of like you know getting an explant and like getting the implants getting an explanted going through all that shit I probably wouldn't have changed it because one when I had my implants I loved them they were great but also um and they did they served their purpose they gave me confidence it was really good but also going through the whole explant thing yeah it was horrific and it it really was awful but at the same time it taught me a whole new level of perspective that you just can't it's just so important like no matter how bad things are we're so fucking lucky and I think it's just really important to like remind yourselves like all the time how lucky we are even though we don't feel it and I think especially like you know, going through the year of like, you know, the pandemic and everything like that. Like I look back on last year and I'm like, was it a bad year? Absolutely not. I had a great year. Why? Because I just can't look back on any year and be like, that was a horrible year. And I always say to people, it's, like, I try and, like, I really try and, like, volunteer all the time and do things like that. Why? Because if you think you're having a bad day because your hair doesn't look good, cool, cool. like, try and, like, volunteer to, like, you know, feed people and realise that the perspective in the situation of, like, our champagne problems are just such bullshit at the end of the day and we're all guilty of it. So it's really nice to be grounded and to be brought back to that all the time and just realise, like, it's just, I don't know, being like trying to be positive and having a positive outlook, not like toxic positivity because that's a whole nother story we know that that's not good (laughs) but it's kind of like being truly just like having a better perspective on things and looking at things in a different line i think perspective
4: is different than positivity over everything right perspective is okay yes this is hard but there's also hard things going on for other people therefore the world doesn't need to stop or halt and i can still be part of it knowing that there are other problems for every single person out there many of which are to a greater degree. So I feel like you did a really good job like saying the word perspective so many times, which is helps you zoom out. And when you're in pain yeah. specifically, like you were mm-hmm. and you're going through brain fog and you can't think and you can't recognize yourself, like those those experiences make it very hard to zoom out because your body is in a state of fear, thinking that you're dying, looking in the mirror, maybe thinking that you're unlovable or, you know, all those mm-hmm. hard human stuff. So I think like what, to be able to zoom out seemingly close to the moment that you're so zoomed in is a beautiful, natural thing you have, you know, kind of going on and probably what, you know, saves you from maybe this is a bit of a, um, I don't know, a guess, but from really struggling with intense mental health, because to go through what you went through physically on top of, I'm sure some level of depression you had to have gone through, or at least gut questioning can just throw you for a whole loop
0: perspective is like my favorite fucking word in the world obviously but I when I meant from going that into positivity I mean once you have perspective, you'll be surprised how the positive mindset just actually kind of falls into place because then you realize the gratefulness and then it's like the this, the that, and then it's, it's all, it's such a nice snowball effect of how it all just comes into play. And it really, it's just nice, you know what I mean? Because it makes you, once you're in that different headspace, it's kind of like nothing will faze you. Body
4: image wise, if we don't mind us going there, you had the fitness body and you still have the fitness body, but- when we talk about like the fitness body of when you got your implants in 11 years ago, you know, it was very much big boobs, round booty, you know, whatever. Now you have, you know, you have your breast yeah. implants
0: out. Yeah. So for me, I guess when I got my implants put in, so I have never had a body that's in fashion ever, right? I've you, never had a You trendy- have never had a body that's in fashion. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my entire 20s, basically. Up until the last, like, maybe two or three, 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 four years, five years since we met, right? So, but most of my 20s was... Oh, my God, because I'm Australian as well. It's like tiny waist, tiny butt, like like no butt, no curves. It's just butts were never, butts weren't really in fashion, right? But my mom, like with typical like hourglass kind of like like tiny waist to the point where jeans don't fit you because it's annoying because your hips are so fucking big that it's like nothing, like so disproportionate and it's just annoying. So that was never trending or cool or anything like that. So when I got my implants, I'm like, oh, my God. Thank God, now I look like I'm in proportion. Like that's that's a relief because they weren't overly big. No one knew they were fake. That was another thing. It was only when I get started gaining weight in the last two years because I was so inflamed that everyone all of a sudden is like, wow, your boobs are huge. And I'm like, this is weight gain. I don't know what to do. So I think I so didn't know my body in the last two years of. Having them, but at the same time, if I'd gained weight, I'm like, oh, it's okay because my boobs will like detract away from the fact that I might have gained weight at the time, you know. And I'd like kind of use that to cover things up. It's so, like if I have a bad pimple and I'm like, I'm gonna wear red lipstick, so everyone looks at my, my or if I'm, I feel like I'm tired, and I'm like, I'll oh, wear really bright lipsticks, so everyone's just focused on the lipstick. And so it was kind of like that was, I guess, became my mentality to disguise how I felt about myself, which is terrible. And I know that. So then, when I got them taken out, I didn't realize how much happier I was. I don't even care that they're not—they're not perfect. They don't look. Right. I don't even give a shit. I don't even care that I have a dip in my chest anymore. I could not care. Why? Because I'm like, I don't have any particular type of body or whatever or fitness or whatever. I'm just happy that one, I've got a functioning body. Amazing, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's amazing how much something that could have like really upset you years ago, like you know, wearing a bikini without you know with a concave chest and being so mortified that someone would be like, "Why are your ribs sticking out? Why are you looking weird?" Or like, heaven forbid, I eat something that makes me bloated. Now I look six months pregnant. Why? Because my my ribs stick out more than my chest does. So then if I get bloated, yes, if I get bloated on top of that, I literally look like I'm having a baby. Cute. So like being in fitness, these are all things that like drive you nuts, right? Because you're so focused on your body and this and that. I, it's been a lot. But I guess for me, I would already lost a lot of the, when we first met five years ago, I was being booked by brands. I was like all the time. I was the fitness girl. I was like, you know, whatever. Brands would want to work with me all the time for being the fitness girl. I'd do random fitness modeling shoes, which I'm far from a fucking model, that's for sure. But I'd get booked for things like that. And that was great because there's extra income. In the last two years of having my implants, it wasn't only to like a year into it. I'm like, wait, that's really weird. I've been booked anything in a really long time. Oh God, I don't look like a fitness girl anymore. So I kind of already lost that fitness girl body. I'd lost that. And so I think I'd already mourned that and gone through that. So when I got my breast implants removed, I laughed saying, yeah, it looks like Halloween. Yeah, it was not cute, but I just felt like it was me. And then I didn't realize how much how much happier I am just not having implants like I just I'm I'm just so much happier I just even the look of them I don't particularly like on me anymore you know what I mean? like I wouldn't want them back even if they were okay
4: I know it's so fast faci- I mean I, I've always loved how you've you've looked always I mean I think you're beautiful I don't see like your body I see your energy but I That's like your energy is like so much even better now and it has nothing
0: to I do with your aesthetic but it's funny how many people have pointed that out to me. And I think it's just honestly like I'm just relaxed. I'm a lot calmer. Like I don't have that. Like I used to get a little bit of frantic energy sometimes, like it was just like overwhelmed, shall we say, with like New York life, whatever. I think it's a mixture of between like both, you know, the X-Plant and the pandemic, like the combo of the both, also having when your whole life or your whole like everything you know is a lot of your work is based on what you look like and to have that completely ripped off you and you're like oh shit like I I don't have that anymore that in itself like losing absolutely everything you know in a way is the best thing in the world because then you just have to be no well it is because it was, it was fucked but at the same time it just made me really just go okay great I've lost it. Amazing. Nothing else fucking matters. Let's just enjoy life. And I think it's once you lose it all, you don't care. You just all of a sudden just don't give a shit. And I think I needed that. I really did because I'm I'm, I'm happier. I'm just I'm more relaxed. I'm just I'm just a, I don't know. I think I've just got a better energy and I think now I put more of an There's more of a priority in my head on making other people feel good. Having that feeling of like, if you can make people feel good, that's going to make them feel good and everyone's going to have a great fucking day. Well, that's just the best.
4: That's what makes you a great fitness instructor. You know, you're like, I'm not out, out there giving everybody. I mean, you happen to, you know, your, your exercises are really hard. I've trained with you before. It's tough. But when your core mission is beyond even like, I'm going to make you look good. It's I'm going to make you feel good. And that is what a trainer truly can be, and it's awesome.
0: Exactly, and I think like I also started doing these things called um back talks, which are really good mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> and so a back talk is my version of a pep talk, except the oh. back talk.
4: Yeah. <laughs> marketing queen, and, always a marketing uh, queen.
0: And so I got in this real habit of um, leaving friends voice notes every day, right? Mm. But I because I would have a fifteen minute walk to work. And so I'd be walking to work and it'd be like a 15 second voice note. It got to the stage where I was doing like 25 a day. And I'm like, okay, you need to chill. This is getting out of control. And so i would be like, oh my God, you guys, guess what? It's fucking Wednesday. Wednesday is like the best day of the week. You're going to look cute. You're going to be productive. You are going to have The best day of your life. You're gonna make someone feel sparkly inside, and you're gonna crush life. Have the best day, and basically, it's like because I can't read like positive affirmations. I can't read. They're too like um, controlled. They're not really for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, But at the same, or like daily gratitude things, things like that. I love the idea of it, but it just doesn't resonate with me. Yeah,
4: you're high energy. You need to like take. I need. I need. I
0: need more. I need to like. I need to go all the way. You know what I mean? yeah. So for me, so giving my little back talks over the last year have really helped me because you can't say that any of that without laughing because it's hilarious. Yeah. But you feel good straight away if you receive a back talk or like you know something like that. There is no way you're not going to have a good day because instantly you start talking in positives. You just you start seeing things in that different light, and I think it's really programming yourself to just you know. It's like one of those things, like we're not here for long, like just milk the shit out of it, have the best time all the time. Like I think that's just trying to do the best we can with what we've got and it doesn't matter what we've got at all because at the end of the day, like material shit is literally material shit. It does not matter at all. Like, and I think it's just, it's our headspace and how that goes back to the whole perspective thing of how we're looking at things. I think that's like, yeah, it's important.
4: Well, on that note, I think it's super clear you live your truthiest, most authentic life, but that doesn't mean that it's been easy. And it certainly sounds like your healing journey was really key to like peeling that layer back and all the pain that you went through was worth it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Like yeah, that. <laughs> oh, my
4: gosh. Well, I'm so proud of you and so proud to know you. And we'll put all your information below so everybody can check out your awesome products and follow you on Insta you. and soak up those good Aussie vibes. So <laughs> thanks so much for being a guest, Beck. We'll see you soon.
0: Thank
1: you for having me.
2: You're
1: the best. <laughs> you wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this.